Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Hard Rock Stadium and the Minnesota Vikings victorious over the Miami Dolphins. I'm Paul Allen, your play-by-play guy on KFAM. The analyst is Pete Bursich. He's the analyst for the Vikings Radio Network. And um, we called an eight-point victory for the Minnesota Vikings that was chock full of so many different fascinating things. I'm going to begin with the most non-obvious. The, the Tulane rookie punter, Ryan Wright, he booms a 73-yarder on his first punt tied for fifth best in the history of the Vikings with our friend Greg Coleman. At the end of the equation, the Tulane undrafted rookie had seven punts inside the 20. That is a new single-game team record. Right. Think about that. Seven punts inside the 20. You know, when you take a look at the drives that we had offensively, I think the longest drive that we had of the of the day was seven plays. Seven plays, longest drive. I and mean, this is a team that last week had a 17-play drive. We talked about that all pregame. The average, you know, the average number of plays on scoring drives and all those different things. We, you know, a lot of that kind of came back, or a lot of it was different today. Everything was just different today. And to win, you got to win in two or three phases. And I, again, Paul, this special teams unit, and you mentioned Ryan Wright, he's part of it. But that this special teams unit really put this team in great positions all day. Our defense was on the field all day. You give up 400 plus, 418 yards of passing without the takeaways, without the sacks. I don't know how the Vikings come through and win this one. So, well, great job. I mean, great job by making the big plays and the plays at the right time. And the postgame report is uh, happy to say also the Green Bay Packers were handled at home by the New York Jets. They lost 27-10. So the Vikings have opened quite the convincing lead in the NFC North into their bye week with a 5-1 and record. No Vikings football next week at home against Arizona the week after that. Uh, Dalvin Cook, a very, very tough day uh, to run. Uh, the, the season long for the Vikings from a rush standpoint into the game and quite honestly all the way through the fourth quarter was 17 yards by Jalen Rager when we went back to Philly until Dalvin got loose from 53. The Vikings had six sacks. They had three takeaways. Patrick Peterson, a Fort Lauderdale native, got the 30th interception of his career. Harrison Smith registered the 31st interception of his career. And how about Cam Bynum? How good is he playing? Yeah, he's playing He's playing really, really well. He's just the right place at the right time. He had a key you know, breakup of a pass of Mike Kosicki late. Uh, on the far side of the field when, you know, Teddy scrambled and extended a play, recovers the onside kick. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's week in and week out, Paul. He's not, he's not necessarily making the picks, so to speak, but he's right in the right place at the right time, and, that, and that's a big part of it. And defensively today, I think whenever we needed it, we got it. Whenever we had to hit that gas pedal, we got it. Yeah. There were a couple lapses in there, no question about it. And I think that's you know just a good reminder of hey we're almost there, All right, You can't just you know throw your helmet on the field and stop a team like this. And so it was a great effort overall. But Paul, it's like these turnovers and stripping the ball. I mean, those things that this team has been doing defensively have come up huge. It won the Bears game for us. It wrapped that one up. Yep. We had a couple big you know big plays like that today. Tackle for loss on Jamal Williams on fourth down in the Lions game. Yeah, and and, and more, even you know as much as important as that offensively, yes, we had a slow day, but we did not give the football away at all today. 
Cousins did not have an interception. Yep. We had zero fumbles. So that was a huge, huge thing. Irv Smith did put one on the ground, but thanks J- to Justin J-J. Jefferson. Hey, you know what? And, and it may be, a, may be a, 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 a deep or a very deep dive on that one. That might have been the biggest play of J.J.'s day yeah. is him coming up with that fumble recovery. So um, not a tough – this is not an easy place to win. They had seven wins in a row. This is a very, very tough place to come down to. You're playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the hottest part of the day. It's still a hot time of the year down here. And, man, did the Vikings respond. Here's what you can expect on the postgame report. Uh, we will have uh, Kevin O'Connell with his postgame press conference, likewise for Kirk Cousins, Ron Johnson with three takes coming up soon, and uh, Kevin O'Connell's locker room speech. Uh, that will take place right at the end of the postgame report. But we begin with Between the Lines and Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber. 24-16 is the final score as the Minnesota Vikings leave Miami with the win over the Miami Dolphins today. Ben, uh, this is between the lines, fueled by Gatorade for fans who don't know what this is. But Ben Lieber, this was a game where the Vikings, in my opinion, they should have won by more. But if you look at the stat sheet, they lost in almost every statistical category. What, what were your thoughts on just this win for the Vikings today? Dude, it's all about making plays. I mean, that's why sometimes, you know, all you stat watchers out there, yeah. it, it doesn't really tell the whole story. Our defense gave up over 400 yards passing it's crazy but when i talk about making plays you get six sacks in critical situations and you get three takes mm. we talk about turnover ratio winning the the take give game and we did that mm. and that really was the difference in this ball game offensively we couldn't get a whole lot of things going so defense had to step up we knew that was going to be an issue at some point in time in the season the defense was going to have to be the better the better phase and they were today nine three and outs for this minnesota vikings offense yeah, today so the defense really did have to step up who were some key players on the defensive side of the ball in your opinion that really stood out to you that had big games today well, patrick jones right off the bat you know dj wanham doesn't play this game because of illness he stays back in minnesota so patrick jones comes up and he, he his number gets called, and when your number gets called, you shouldn't feel like there's a drop-off. Yeah. I know that we can say that, mm-hmm. but and that's not always true, but there certainly was not a drop-off. He came out and had an excellent day. Zadarius Smith came out. He's um, been a force all season long. You know, he got after the quarterback, Daniil Hunter. He got after the quarterback, Dalvin Tomlinson, early on was was a was a wrecker up front. Maybe not statistically, but but forcing a lot of things. And then obviously Harrison Smith yeah. making some some big time plays. And Patrick Peterson, you know, using his the savvy vet knowledge and expertise that he has to to bait Teddy Bridgewater into that throw. Mm. He sits on it in the flat, picks it off. Oh, I'm I'm so happy for Patrick Peterson. He's from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. He gets an interception here. You talked to him post-game, uh, the post-game uh, interview that you yeah. did, and he said he had never won a game yeah. here in the state, I guess in this stadium. So the fact that he got that and then Dalvin Cook got a rushing touchdown to kind of seal the game. Yeah. He's from South Florida also. Just so great to see both of those guys have a day. Your thoughts on Dalvin Cook just sealing this game today? What, what did you think about that? Well, I got to be honest. You know, I, I saw him later in the game, you know, before that big touchdown run, and he, he just – he sort of looked disappointed. He looked really frustrated. You know, he was detached from the offensive side of the ball. He was down by the defensive side of the bench. Um, he just sort of looked surly on his face. And I understand, you know, yeah. he, he wanted to come out in front of his, his, his hometown people and his family and friends and have a big day. And you could kind of see that frustration. But as I talked to Garrett Bradbury in the locker room, He's like, we knew we're, we've been sitting on that run play. Mm. That's a run play that we've been waiting on for him to just to, to make that one cut and get vertical. And so it's a play that 
they've been they've been trying to execute throughout the year it finally hits he makes a guy miss and uh obviously it went from a little bit of a frown yeah. to a big time smile for dalvin cook and uh i saw him in the locker room as well and he's he's pretty excited yeah hey, i'm sure his family's excited too yeah. i think he said he had 30 family members who tailgated before the game and they were watching today's game here in the stadium so that was fun to see about but one secret the vikings didn't let out this week was that they had the players practice in sweatpants this week to prepare for the humidity of this game I felt like that played a big factor because we didn't see many Vikings players going into the locker room with IVs. What were your thoughts on just the legs of these Minnesota Vikings today and this humidity? You know, I, I think that was the uh, that was a hidden facet of this game was this heat and humidity. And at one point in the game, early in the game, and I actually think it got hotter as the game went on, it was <laughs> 90 degrees on the Miami Dolphins bench. It was 115 on the Vikings bench. So a, 20, a 25 degree difference. And, and those guys were just cooking in in the sun and i don't think we had one guy that went down for cramps not one guy went to the locker room to get ivs uh, i believe tyreek hill was yeah. dealing with cramps he was out for a series or two so it seemed like the miami dolphins were much more affected by the heat and humidity and they play here they're mm -hmm. down here this is their home base and you've got a northern climate team like the minnesota vikings to come in here i i think everything that they did to prepare it worked out we didn't seem like we were letting the temperature and the humidity beat yeah. us. You know, we were trying to play the game on the field and not battle the temperature. Uh, kudos to Kevin O'Connell and his staff for, mm -hmm. I guess, making that adjustment midweek, understanding what the weather is going to be like. I mean, it, it snowed October <laughs> yeah. 14th on Friday. I, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, uh, don't tell it. me that. I didn't. I didn't forget at all. I didn't forget at all, and I definitely didn't miss it being down here in Miami. But now, uh, speaking of Kevin O'Connell, he's got this Minnesota Vikings team to 5-1 and one yeah. heading into the bye. Uh, the first time since 2016, the Vikings have won four straight games. The first time since 2019, the Vikings have started the season 5-1. and one. Where do we go from here going into the bye? Well, again, I, I mean, we've, we've said it after every game. It's, it hasn't really been perfect. You know, it, it, it's been a little clunky. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you start the game last week, three straight drives, and you put the ball in the end zone. This week, it's four straight drives of three and out. Um, they do end up figuring some stuff out, but talking to some of the players and talking to Coach O'Connell, I feel like they're seeing everything that every defense can, can throw at them. Mm. You know, one of the big things was they, they opened the game and they're 11 personnel. That's one tight end, one running back. You know, it's a little bit more of a, a pass-centric mm. formation, and that's something that Kevin O'Connell's known for. And the, and the Miami defense played base personnel. So they did not bring a nickel on the field, they did not bring an extra defensive back. And he said that was a big adjustment that yeah. we had to make. It really kind of threw off what we were trying to do. So every game they're learning about how defenses want, want to attack them. Yeah. And you put that stuff on tape, you make the adjustments, and I feel like after the bye week, after they self-scout, this is going to be a much different-looking offense because they're going to be prepared for everything. Really quick before we close, because you talk about that adjustment. The Vikings' three touchdown drives, C.J. Ham was in the game on those drives. And you pointed this out earlier in the year. The Vikings' run game is a little bit better when C.J. Ham is in the game. Think about Dalvin Cook's 53-yard touchdown run. How does he make this offense better? He's, in my opinion, he's a, he's a sneaky guy because yeah. he can do so much. Well, he picked up a nice little uh, first down conversion off right, a little too, yeah. fullback dive, and you know he can run the ball. We've seen him catch the ball in the backfield. I think when you when you implement a true fullback like C.J. Ham that can actually be a little bit of an H back as well, catch mm -hmm. the ball in the backfield, it makes the defenses have to go a little bit more weight on their toes. You know, as a linebacker, as a former linebacker and defensive player, when we see big personnel, it's hard not to think about the run game. It's hard not to think about attacking the line of scrimmage. We see so much how we use play action pass. Play action pass with 
with no fullback or no no big tight ends in there aren't really as effective right you know one back runs and stuff like that aren't aren't nearly as effective when it comes to play action pass so i think implementing a big fullback a guy like cj ham that can get downhill it's it's like instinctful for defensive players to just to to get downhill and stop that so i think that's what opens everything up i think this is really good for this minnesota vikings team getting a win in miami for the first time since 1976 in 1976 when we beat the dolphins the number one song in america was rod stewart tonight's tonight fast forward to 2022 today is the day that the minnesota vikings beat the miami dolphins heading into the bye five and one can you name the number one song right now Number one song right now, I cannot name that. Uh, it's probably <laughs> some, some. I'm just gonna put you on the spot. Some type of pops. I, I don't know. I'm not. Hip, I'm not hip like this new culture is. So uh, for Ryan O'Neill, Ben Lieber, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Five and one, baby, baby. Great job, guys. Teddy Bridgewater, the former Viking, had to come in, went 329, a couple of TDs and a couple of interceptions, tried to throw the ball deep a few times, and and he was able to hit on one. But overall, uh, that definitely changed the game. Skylar Thompson, uh, the K-State rookie, he got an opportunity, went 7 of 13, 89 yards. I didn't think he looked that bad. Let's hear what Kevin O'Connell has to say in his postgame press conference. I felt like our football team, um, I give our, our sports performance staff, uh, all the support staff that helps our team prepare for these games, not maybe not in X's and O's way, but to come here and have that kind of resiliency and fight. Uh, played a lot of snaps on defense. Special teams got back to who they really are. And offensively, uh, not our best performance, way too much of a struggle today, but to find a way to score some points to help our team win. Um, I think it speaks to the mental toughness of those guys in that locker room. Um, we can do a lot of things as coaches better to help our guys. Um, but I'm really, really proud to be 5-1 and one right now. We talked last night about any way uh, it would take, any means necessary to get to 5-1 and one going into this bye. Um, we've learned a lot about our football team. We also have learned, uh, coaches included, we've got a long way to go and a lot of room to improve, um, which I'm really, really excited about, not only getting that opportunity this coming week, uh, but to get our players back here. But they've earned the right to get some time off. They've battled for us. They've done everything we asked. I love this team um, and, and cannot wait to uh, get our next opportunity uh, together. Um, came out somewhat uh, pretty clean injury-wise. Uh, like I said, Tyler having that group ready, um, it was significant temperature difference on our sideline, and our guys were ready for every snap, every next snap. We rolled guys. We played a lot of guys. Uh, like I said, defensively, we gave up some yards, but critical, critical plays. Only two penalties by our team. I think we got a mentally tough football team uh, that will only improve from here. Kevin, you said you wanted to get both some young players in, but today was that mostly weather-related, especially in that first, even first possession of getting so many different guys in and out? Yeah, I think it has to be here when you come here, especially when they were able to sustain some drives and keep us on the field defensively. Um, at times, we, we felt a little bit bend but don't break. But ultimately, when you can hold a team to 16 points and at one point hold a 24-10 lead in the fourth quarter, uh, you feel good about where you're at as a football team to manage that end-of-game situation. The three turnovers were huge. Um, and like I said, only two penalties in this environment. Um, gives you a chance to play a clean football game, probably creates a lot of hidden yardage in the game uh, for them to maybe convert some plays but not necessarily convert first downs. I think our defense held them to 4-14. Um, so uh, there's a lot we'll be able to pull from this tape to hopefully build upon with our defense, um, a lot of corrections and things we can do better, coaches included with our offense. And then, like I said, I'm proud of our special teams, Ryan Wright. Uh, he worked way too much today, um, obviously with the 10 punts, but he got himself a game ball. 
then hopefully we get him something cold to drink with as much work as he had today. How about Kevin? How about the defense last couple games? You always seem to come up with that key late play, and then today it was uh, Smith forcing the fumble that Bynum recovered. Just your thoughts on the way you keep doing that in games and then that play. I don't think it's by accident. Those guys know the way the way we're playing schematically, especially with guys like Tyree Kill and Waddle. And no matter who's playing quarterback, those are explosive playmakers in a scheme where I have so much respect for Mike McDaniel and his ability to scheme up. Um, you know, obviously similar uh, defensive schemes that they see even in their division. Um, it's it's something we knew would be a challenge, and we wanted to. There was a couple times there where the ball almost got over our heads, and our guys were able to put a roof over it. And not allow that, you know, the big play touchdowns, those one play catastrophic plays. And then for us to not have turn it over on offense, I thought was a big deal. We were far from uh, to our standard, but to not have any turnovers, limit penalties, and, and Kirk to really run the show in a tough environment against a defense that applies pressure in a lot of ways, um, you know, we were able to overcome and, and, like I said, find a way to win the football game going into our bye at 5 and 1. What, what, what do you think they were doing that made it so tough earlier? Yeah, they played base defense to 11, um, which is not a, you know, it's not something we should, uh, you know, really have to uh, be taken out of the way we want to play. But they also, they have some really good players up front. And so big, strong guys up front and, and, and taking you out of some of the core things you want to do. We tried to get big at times and had some success, um, worked in some, you know, play pass uh, hits there when we were able to get our first touchdown with some keepers and Justin coming alive and, and I just thought Kirk was uh, consistent all day long. It was never going to be a game where uh, we could just pin our ears back and just turn our offense loose because the second you do that here, I have some experience here where uh, you could end up with a five or six turnover type of day. So we wanted to account for a lot of things, maybe play it a little bit more conservative and, and as we tried to find our footing offensively, um, our guys just battled. And then for Dalvin to pop that long run then, at the, that's, a, that's, a, that's an attrition type of run where um, our guys are leaning on them, leaning on them. They were a tough front to run the ball against, but you pop one like that and get yourself to a two-touchdown lead. It seems like he's been close a couple of games to, to get now, but what, what you Yeah, it's just the next snap mentality and trusting uh, that we're going to get guys covered up. We got a, we got great movement on the play, kind of called a little bit more of a wide zone type of play there. Um, I thought I thought the first run of the drive was indicative of you know led us into. I mean, he was downhill, shot out of a canyon and a cannon, and then we come back with kind of a wide zone over there behind CD and and uh, Ezra and and obviously with CJ Hammond there again. I'm sure I haven't had a chance to see the, a replay of it, but I'm sure he was doing his job and then some like he always does and, and then those receivers getting downfield covering people up but that's the type of run that cut that's a game changing cut that only certain players in this league can make and it was a critical run for us at a big moment in the game. Looked like you had a smile on your face before the long pass to Jefferson. Did you see that one popping? I did. Yeah, we were um, kind of in the, the mix in the midst of hunting that look uh, with how they were playing him and um, that base to you know our 11 grouping kind of kept us at, you know made us have to de protect the passer in some unique ways, uh, and and what we were able to do there it was all on Kirk. He had some options at the line of scrimmage, and the second I saw him get to that play, uh, I figured we had a pretty good chance to pitch and catch that one. Those two guys, when they get a look like that, are are going to hit that 100 out of 100. What do you say about Patrick Jones? I mean, Wanham is yep. here, and he gets Huge. three snaps and gets the two sacks. Yeah, two snaps and. And really, he had a look in his eye this whole trip. I, it's hard to hard to explain, but I, you know, I remember seeing him last night 
Uh, I came down in the elevator with him today at the hotel, and he was just a man on a mission. And uh, I've said from day one that we feel like we've got two really good starters, uh, impact players in Z and Daniil. Um, but DJ Wanham's played really, really well. Unfortunately, just couldn't turn him over. He's doing really well now. Um, but wanted to give him the weekend to feel better. And then Pat Jones knew, hey, this is going to be my turn to really hold up, uh, provide some real critical snaps for uh, us to, to not have Daniil and Z be completely gassed at the end. And he goes out there and gets his first two career sacks. And uh, I'm telling you, you could see the look in his eye early this morning. And great to see him go out and do that. Okay, well, it's, well, it's well known that, that, that your sideline is, is hotter yeah. here. And so that's been discussed before. I was curious, how, how did you approach that during the week? Did you talk to players about it? Did you not want to talk to players about it? Or? No, we, Kevin, we talked about it. Um, I, I showed some examples of what it would look like. They somehow, some way, at one o'clock at kickoff, their sideline is completely in the, sh the shade, and and you're looking at probably a 25 degree difference. Um, we it was all about hydration. It was all about preparing our guys. Uh, not uh, last night, not Friday night. It was an entire week long process of making sure those guys were understanding what we were going to run into today. And then we had some, you know, we had some great people on our sidelines with some of the shading over the benches that can help. And then we, we brought in some uh, cooled cooling benches from a, kind of a local uh, supplier. But everything you can do, I mean, you, you guys saw a smoothie or Gatorade slushies and uh, different uh, types of hydration and, and, and obviously some of the medical things you can do IV-wise. We, we tried it all because we knew it would be like this. Uh, not that I know of. I, I know there was a couple guys late defensively uh, that were trying to avoid going into that, uh, going into cramping. But uh, the way they were rolling them, they were able to come over, get some fluids, and go right back out there. So I just can't say enough about Tyler and Uriah and those guys, and, and just the way our our players are prepared for multiple ways and, and challenges to, that come about during an NFL season, and heat and, and humidity, and, and coming down here is a, it's a winning edge for this team. And we were able to at least, although not playing our best, we were able to overcome some real adversity. And, and our guys just keep doing it. I, I'm so proud of this team, um, and we're going to face many more days of adversity ahead. But we'll continue to come together and find ways to win football games. And uh, I think we've proven that. You're uh, five and one. You're five and one with a two-game lead in the division going into a bye week. What does all that mean to you? What it means is I think we're six games into our season, and, and I told the team last night by uh, this time tomorrow, um, we'll have six examples of who we are as a football team, and uh, will we come out of this stadium five and one and be able to say we're a little bit more than a third of the way through our season with uh, different identities. Sometimes it may feel like to Vikings fans, uh, you know, depending on what Sunday it is, but what I would say is we've got a tough, resilient group that maybe doesn't always uh, you know, play the most consistent but they are willing and able to have each other's backs in all three phases. Uh, we rely on one another. We push each other. And, and not one time did you see any finger pointing, um, any, any, any kind of uh, you know, negativity on our sideline. What you felt was just support. And you felt like we, were gonna believe, we all believed we were going to win that football game. So I feel like this team has great leadership. I feel like this team is, is tough. I feel like this team has the ability to win football games a lot of different ways, and we're probably going to need to with the, the type of schedule we have the rest of the way. But I'm excited about our group and really proud of our, uh, you know, our toughness mentally and physically today. Through six weeks facing the problems that's defensive, that defenses have shown you, I mean, including today, just how, how well prepared do you think that makes you guys as an offense? I think it's important to, that we can make note of just the different uh, variations. Uh, I think there might have been one snap um, of base defense to 11 personnel. 
and we we got it the entire football game. So I, I've said this before. I think when you have playmakers like we do, and I think a, a scheme that uh, we feel very strongly about, um, we're always going to give us four quarters and give us some time. We're going to find ways to put points on the board. Uh, but ultimately, we're also going to see some different defense from people than maybe they show coming into games. And, and there's some really good coaches in this league. There's some really good defensive coaches on that sideline over there that I have a lot of respect for. And uh, they, you know, I, I tip my cap to them early on in that game. They were able to, you know, obviously give us some uh, some tough tough downs. And I put that on myself. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always going to try to find a way. And I think our guys will never feel me. Um, lose the, you know, my confidence in them or our offense or our coaching staff, and we're going to find a way uh, to, before the clock hits zeros, have try to have more points than the other team. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Speaking of quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins threw a touchdown for a 36 consecutive game. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. He's tied for seventh all-time with Brett Favre. And uh, Kirk finished 20 of 30, 175, couple of TDs, one to Thielen, uh, the first one to Irv Smith Jr. What would you think of his game? Uh, I, You know what? I think when the, the Dolphins, and you got to give them credit, did a great job early on of mixing up some zone and some press man and our receivers really just weren't getting themselves open. But when we had the right route at the right time, and the big throw to Justin Jefferson was exactly that, you run that little wheel route out of a bunch formation when you have man-to-man. Xavier and Howard can't get there. Nobody can get there that quickly. And it ends up being a huge play, huge pass play, you know, changes the game, especially late. So when we could, when we could get down and, and, and figure out when they were playing man, when they were playing zone, I think our passing game worked out well. We didn't spend a lot of time on the field the first half of this game. That's why it took us so long, I think, to make those adjustments and do those things. And by the time you get later in the game, you start getting a feel for what they're trying to do. We made those adjustments, and some of those were made on the field prior to the snap. Cousins seeing what's going on in front of them, making that adjustment, and making those plays. So overall, you know, offensively, it's it's again – Teams have slowed us down. Defenses have slowed us down. But when we don't turn the ball over, it's very, very difficult to stop us. And here's what Kirk Cousins had to say following a 24-16 Minnesota Vikings win. Thrilled we won. Uh, For so much of the game, it didn't feel like uh, we were playing our best football on offense. And um, uh, was reminded at the end of the game when you're winning that, um, you know, when you don't turn the ball over, uh, you kind of give yourself that chance to hang around. And um, so winning the turnover battle, I think, made a big difference in this game. Um, can't say enough about the way our defense played, the way our special teams played. We kept having short fields, which we didn't do enough with. But again, they just kept giving us opportunities in at-bats. And uh, um, and so just real positive. I can't, you know, I'm so happy for Dalvin having that run to help kind of uh, pull away at the end. Um, great to have him be able to come back here to where he's from and, and just make a, a crucial play to help us win the game. Um, you know, and I can go on and on about the defense and special teams, but um, certainly offensively, um, there's just so much we can improve on. And I think we've said this at other press conferences as well, post game, that, you know, we, we need to play better, we need to execute better. Um, but it's, it's great to have these conversations after a win as opposed to a loss. So um, too many three and outs. Uh, not enough sustained drives, not enough explosive plays. And it's funny because I went into the game saying, you know, you want to take pride in, hey, we want to give our defense a rest down here in the heat in Miami. Let's stay on the field. Let's convert their downs. Let's have some long drives. Let's 
put our defense with the wind at their back, and we did the complete opposite, you know, and, uh, and so that was disappointing, but somehow, someway, our defense just kept answering the bell and, and standing up and giving us the ball back and giving us the ball back with great field position. So uh, um, made enough plays to win, and, um, and I, I have the feeling, I think so many people on our team do as well, we need to be a lot better, and um, that's what the next you know week, several weeks will be about. So I can take any questions you have. Kirk, can you take us through two big offensive plays? Uh, looked like you checked to something on the Jefferson pass down the right side, and then if, if there was anything special that led to Dalvin's run. Uh, I don't know about anything special leading to Dalvin's run. They might have played cover zero. I can't remember. Um, usually when you get a run like that, it might be because they're they're all gapped out. But um, uh, the the check, yeah, that was just great play design by our coaches, by Kevin, giving us that opportunity, and um, you know they gave us the look we wanted to be able to get to that play, and then Justin did a phenomenal job tracking the ball, pulling it in, and then pulling away, and um, uh, it was a big explosive play for us. And the game, you know, we didn't have a ton of them, so the, to uh, to get that made a big difference. How tough was what they were throwing at you defensively? Those scheme lines, it's a scheme and a, a approach that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, I knew going into the game that um, they do some things that are a big challenge, and uh, it becomes a bit of a cat and mouse game back and forth. And um, you know, they made it hard for us to get explosive runs. They, uh, I thought they covered well. They were in a lot of man-to-man or match coverages much of the day, and they did a good job with their leverages and their techniques to kind of make our angles difficult to get separation. But the pass rush at times was was effective and uh, got home, and so. It was a combination of factors, and um, you know, and then there's also plays where you feel like you're just not executing, and uh, and so it all kind of comes together to a lot of three and outs and and not enough points. When you when you get off to a tough offensive start like that, no first downs yeah. in the first quarter. I mean, what are you kind of doing? Is it just kind of let's just chip away, or what's yeah. the attitude? Yeah, I think chip away is a good approach. Um, you know what? What you can't do is try to make something happen because that's where I think you get yourself in trouble with Turner. You have to fight to stay patient, fight to let the game come to you. And so that was what I was reminding myself: was not trying to go look for something. Still, just let the plays present themselves. And with the way our defense and special teams was playing, if we protected the football, you know, we were going to be hanging around, hanging around. And um, and so it didn't feel like we had the lead for parts of the game, but we did. And Nick Mullins did a great job reminding me of that. Hey, we got the lead. And uh, one touchdown can be a major difference in this game. Kirk, a long one to Jefferson. Is that inside step he takes there to kind of sell a deep over, or is it to make sure that the cover stays the same, that he can get that wheel route behind Adam? Yeah, I think he's just trying to get that uh, leverage there and make sure he's not, um, you know, giving away the route too quickly. And, um, you know, you, you want to be able to win at the line of scrimmage first before you uh, before you take off on your route. He was pretty upfront and vocal during the week about the weather and what he wanted you guys to yeah. do and all that. And I know there's lots of different ways to look at it. Some coaches will say, doesn't matter, we're not talking about it, just play football. Like, to what extent did that particular approach aid you guys today, you think, and just the prep work heading in? Yeah, uh, appreciate the chance to talk about it. I, uh, when Monday morning, we showed up for our weight, our weight room session after the Bears game, and the first thing our strength coach says to us is, sauna and steam room this week, you know, get in multiple times to start to acclimate and be hydrating now, not hydrating Friday night or Saturday night, hydrating now. And it's not crush, you know, three water bottles in a row at the same time. It's every 15 minutes be drinking throughout the day all week long. And so it was a, a measured approach going back to Monday. Um, I think the approach showed up with the defense more because when you're three and out all game long, you know, we were pretty fresh, I think. I think Justin and Adam could tell you they were running, it could run for days, but uh and I say that, you know, I'm smiling, but I'm sad about it. D 
defense, though, was just tremendous. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they did. And I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Chad Lundin and the group that was holding the sunshades for us like, like we were Pharaoh uh, and fanning us. Uh, I felt a little bit uh, privileged sitting there, but it made a difference because I'm sitting there like really comfortable with an air-conditioned bench and a sunshade. And, and we keep going three and out, and I didn't feel like I deserved an air-conditioned bench and a sunshade. But um, Chad Lundin and the gang did a nice job. Did you feel at the end of the game like a normal? It was a normal game. Yeah, just just the thing for me was gripping the football. You know, with the with the moisture. Um, you know, very quarterbacky thing to say, but just the quarterback towel, the sweat. You know, just trying to manage that. How much were the conversations with Kevin on the sideline talking about like staying staying coach? Yeah. Type of mindset. Yeah. Well, I think there were times where, you know, the plays were there and we didn't execute. So I'm walking to the sideline saying, hey. I got to play better. We got to play better. Like it's, that's not a play design thing. Um, you know, and then other times plays just were getting stopped and, you know, and, and the thing is you plays complement and build on each other. So you have a negative play on first down. Now, second downs affected third downs affected. You have a positive play on first down. Now your second downs affected third downs affected. So, you know, one possession that really bothered me was we got the ball. I think they may have faked the punt. We get the ball in very favorable field position early in the second half. And you're thinking at least we're getting a field goal here, and we just went backwards, and now we're punting. And um, you just those are the kind of possessions where you say, "I, we have to find ways to, to um, you know, at least get three there." Is there anything specific that stands out to you? Is even though the team isn't playing its best ball, as yeah. you said, that yeah. you're able to still be five and one? Yeah, I mean, to have these conversations uh, after a win is so much more enjoyable than after a loss. Uh, uh, very much the inverse of of. 21. I, I would walk off the field after we had lost and said, I, we're playing so well. We're playing so well. And somehow, some way we lost, but we're playing at a very high level. This year I'm saying, gosh, we can play better, but we won. And it's just kind of an inverse. And uh, I'll take you know this any day. Kevin talked about the positive vibe on your sideline. From our perspective, it does look like you and Kevin are having intense conversations. Yeah. Can you describe them? Yeah, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna have intense conversations. I mean, I'm gonna try to give him my feedback, and he's gonna give me his. And I love when he coaches me hard and and holds me to a high standard. And uh, and um, you know, and I think it's important too that we have these great conversations. You know, Monday after the game, being able to talk through. Hey, it's one thing to have a conversation coming off the field when I haven't seen the tape yet. I don't really know what I'm what I'm saying, but now we have time to process it and look at it. You know, those conversations I think are really valuable. And um, you know, that play caller quarterback dynamic is just always, you know, you're trying to get in, in each other's head more and more and more the longer you work together. Kirk, on the touchdown to Adam, obviously it looks like he's not the first read there. And take us through that play as, you, as you're seeing it and what leads you to Adam. Yeah, uh, KJ in the flat, you know, they did a good job kind of feathering off to him. And then uh, I was trying to get to Irv, but they had another player feathering off to Irv. And then Adam won across the field in the back of the end zone. Um, you know, at that point, you're kind of saying no, no, and you're like, please, please show up, Adam, because I'm running out of options here. And he had a step on his guy. And then what Adam does so well is when the ball is in a tight window, he's strong at the catch point and finds a way to bring that down, keep his feet in, and, and get a six. From your perspective on that play, how much of that looks like you had to take a couple steps to just buy time when you're saying something come open? Is, is that the Yeah, down? you're feeling the rush, right? So you don't focus on the rush, but you feel it. So there's like... If you're not feeling it, then you know I got I got a tick here. I got a second. Um, so I didn't feel anybody around me and felt like the protection was holding up enough to kind of get through that progression. But huge that Adam came open because at that point, if he's not coming open, you know, I might find Justin sp uh, spitting out the other way or we're off schedule. You, t you touched upon uh, Dalvin's long run. Why do you think Dalvin was so bottled up until yeah. then? And 
you know, what happened and finally get him to break loose? I think there's a compounding challenge when you're three and out. You're just not getting Dalvin at bats to be able to go make those kind of runs. And that's where when you convert third downs, you get more ops. And um, they did bottle our run game up well for much of the get day. And uh, that made it hard. You know, that did make it hard. And um, we've got to find a way. One of the you know, list of things that we got to be better. One of them would be, um, you know, how do we get more of those Dalvin type runs at the end of the game, you know, throughout and uh, and be able to kind of stay ahead of the change there. Alrighty, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Thank so the Vikings once again improved to five and one. Uh, they've won four in a row for the first time since 2019. They start a season five and one for the first time since 2016. And um, and the defense really was the identity of the game. Teddy Bridgewater is a markedly more experienced quarterback than Skylar Thompson, seventh-round K-State rookie, making his starting debut today. But with Teddy, you're limited what you can do when it comes to going down the field. And you nailed it on the Vikings Radio Network and KFAN, where you know guard the middle of the field and these checkdowns with the yards after catch, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Chase Edmonds, they can be sneaky. And they got us a few times early, but then once they tightened it up and the offense got going a little, uh, that was your dagger. It was. It really, it really, really was. And that's you know, you got to prepare for one quarterback. And you know, I, I mean, I, I'm I was pretty impressed with what Skylar Thompson was able to do. And you watch that offense that they ran with Skylar Thompson. It was off tackle. It was you know RPO. It was it was a lot of different things keeping Skylar on the move, letting him scramble. He beat us with his legs. Early on, we had him dead to rights on a on a blitz, and he wasn't you know he you know, he was able to move the chains a few times with his legs. Then Teddy comes in, the run game completely changes, everything completely you know the whole offense for Miami changed when Teddy came in, and I don't think they had as good of a game plan for Teddy being the quarterback as they did for Skyler. Now, again, Hicks, Jordan Hicks getting in there, he puts the hit on Skyler Thompson that you know injured his thumb. It's coming off the field. It's bleeding. They have to take him back. He doesn't return. So the quarterback woes for Miami continue. Um, and then once they get these things figured out, again, this is going to be a very, very tough football team. But for right now, at this stage, at this time, the Vikings did enough or opportunistic enough to come out of here with a victory. And that's what they've been doing week in and week out, Paul. And now you're looking at 5-1. and one. What a great start for this team. Ron Johnson with the Vikings Entertainment Network and Fox 9 offers up three takes each and every after each and every Vikings game, courtesy of the post-game report. RJ, take it away. Thanks, PA. This is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios, and these are my three takeaways from today's game. Well, the Vikings found another way to win against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. The, the, the Vikings are now 5-1. and one. My first takeaway from this game is that Dalvin Cook finally had an explosive run. Had not had an explosive run the entire season. He had not rushed for more than 20 yards the entire season. He breaks out with a 53-yarder back home in front of his family and friends. That run was not only necessary, but kind of was the dagger in this game. Dalvin Cook returning home, wearing the number four, said that he felt like his dad would have wanted to see him in that stadium, in that number four, and he got the victory. That's a trifecta for Dalvin Cook, and he finally got the explosive run he has not seen all season with the 53-yarder. That was one of my biggest takeaways, seeing Dalvin Cook elusive, explosive, and hopefully there's more of that to come. Well, take number two. I cannot believe it, but the punter, the punter, 
with the booming 73-yard kick. Punters don't get enough recognition. I'm going to also go with the 10 kicks, 10 punts, 441 yards of Vikings record, seven punts inside the 20-yard line. He did his job. He flipped the field. He made sure the Dolphins never had a short field. They had to earn every single drive, every single chance they touched the ball. The punter did not shank one. He was very... Uh, comfortable, and he made sure that booming punt did not give Tyreek Hill a chance. Also had a very nice airtime one where early in the game, Chris Boyd almost, almost created another turnover where the punt was muffed. Chris Boyd was in his face. Should have been recovered by the Vikings. Three Vikings to one Dolphin somehow. The Dolphins player comes up with recovery. But again, the hang time from Ryan Wright. Another big day for the Vikings defense and the punter working together. Although the defense gave up 450 yards, the Vikings offense didn't gain as many yards, but it did not matter. The punter gets one of my takeaways of the day. And going with my last takeaway, the defense finally steps up and has that meeting at the quarterback. Zadarius Smith has been talking about meet me at the quarterback 2.0. Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, you had Patrick Jones in there. They got after the quarterback today. Six sacks on Teddy Bridgewater. Also two interceptions. That defense today stepped up big time. Harrison Smith with an interception. And Patrick Peterson, just the consummate veteran, the consummate pro, read it like a book. He saw that there was a deep route. He knew that there was an out route. He jumped the out route. Teddy Bridgewater threw it. And as soon as Teddy let it go, he knew, you know what? This is not going to work out the way I wanted to. So I got to give my hats off. My third takeaway to the defense. That was six sacks, two interceptions. This team needed every single play that defense made today. They stepped up in a big way. The Vikings won. And this was a game that did not come down finally to the last drive of the game. They ended the game the way it should always end, which is comfortably. Don't have to worry about it. Fans don't have to be nervous. That is my three takeaways for the day. Back to you, PA. And finally, we wrap a Minnesota Vikings eight-point victory with Kevin O'Connell's jubilant locker room speech. The team heads into the bye, five and one, Arizona at U.S. Bank Stadium, two weeks from today. Uh, Give me your final thoughts of like a few things that need to tighten up uh, once they tear this thing down and look back at tendencies and play calls and situations, which is what happens during bye weeks. What uh, what are a couple of things you'd like to see tighten up for this five and one team? A couple of things. First of all, is is continue to try to get this get an identity in the running game. What exactly is it that we want to do? How we want to go about doing it? Because our inability to run the ball early is is shortened a lot of drives. We were three and out. We ran some third down plays on third and short that we, you would think would be the perfect opportunity to run the football, but we were forced to throw it. So in that respect, we got to figure out how we can get two or three yards consistently on the ground, come up with that, and then defensively, just just hang in there, right? We've had the opportunity, you know, we, we get on the field, we're up by two scores, and it seems like we take a breath. And then we play that zone and let everything kind of happen underneath us, give up some big plays. I would just like to see us defensively tighten things up in coverage. And a lot of it's, you know, got like that underneath stuff. We talked about Chandon Sullivan today. You know, when you're playing zone, you've got to find those guys underneath. So I think tightening that those, just the coverage end of it up a little bit and buying some more time for our pass rushers, then that, and you're going to need to be. With the teams that we have coming out of the bye, coming down the pike, you know, you, 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 like you said earlier to me, you know, 
it doesn't matter what people think and say about our five and one right now. It's going to get tested, right? We've got some really, really big teams and some good games coming up in the middle to the second half of the season. So, you know, they have they have a, and there's so much room for improvement at five and one. I mean, that's the exciting part. Uh, that's Pete Bursich, analyst for the Vikings Radio Network, and I'm Paul Allen. A pleasure doing the postgame report and calling the game for you today from Hard Rock Stadium. That's in South Florida. Miami Gardens is the city. And a couple of uh, South Florida kids, they came home and stole the money. Dalvin Cook, 53 yards to the house. Patrick Peterson with the 30th interception of his career. Let's wrap it up with a jubilant head coach, Kevin O'Connell, from the locker room who recognizes we're still having fun and his team is 5-1. and one. Hey, We talked last night about all the different ways that you can go win football games, and the bottom line, as we said, with the human beings and the people we have in this room, the competitors we have in this room, all right, we can pick each other up at any point in time. Games can swing back and forth all day long. All right, but defense, first and foremost, you guys were our backbone today. On a hot day to be on the field as much as we put you on the field and to answer the bell over and over again and then go finish it off, fellas. I'm so damn proud of what you guys just did right there. There's a lot of individual accolades over there, but when I went through it, I said, you know what? Every defensive player gets a game ball. Defense got our back. Ryan Wright's got our back. Special teams, you guys got to get back to who we are. Hey, Vikes on three, Vikes on me. One, two, three. Vikes!